Special, not bonus, but kind of funny awards 2022. <laughs> my thoughts exactly, mate, honestly. The Bromax so. Film Awards of 2022. Hello, my name's Joel. I'm Jesse, and we have decided that the Oscars, Golden Globes, Emmys, they're all a bit fake. Bit they're fake. all a bit political. Yep. And so we're going to appreciate films that may not get appreciated with yeah. our own fun categories. This is the Bromax 2022 Film Awards. We're doing some DC of the damage control of damage the Hollywood control. Forum Press. <laughs> They've hurt people's souls, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to support the films, the filmmakers, and the actors 100%. that don't Wait, get supported. I, I don't think we have any about filmmakers, though. No. No. But that's okay. We no, can, no. We we've can got it, one. We've got, got, I've one. got Well, we have one filmmaker category. Okay. Excellent. Yep. Alrighty, so this is going to run a little differently because it's not, like Jesse said, it's not an episode per se. Um, Jesse, are we going to host it like it's a it's an um, award ceremony? Are we happy to? Uh, yeah. Do we have to do an SNL type skit before we before we <laughs> dig into the awards? That's so cringe, man. Um, oh. Look, I reckon we just be our own selves. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, we can we can take turns reading a category. Oh yeah, we didn't have like nominees or anything. It's just like no, our our own our, personal our thing. opinions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alrighty, well, do you mind if I kick us off, Jesse? Yes. All right, let's kick it off I with. Do mi- I do mind. No, do 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 do. The feel good movie. Now this award is, uh, especially for me, my criteria for this one. Um, it could could differ for you, Jesse, but the feel good movie of twenty twenty two for me is a film that um, is being recognised for its ability to create positivity, for sure, um, to spread positive messages, for sure. and to put a big smile on your face during and after, and you feel like you've learnt something from the film, or exactly. you just gain a new outlook on life. Um, so the feel good movie for me of 2022 was Marry Me. <laughs> Funny you should that, Joel. The feel good movie for me for 2022 was Marry Me. Yay! <laughs> it's pretty much Notting Hill, but Notting Hill is great. So this was great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Notting I love Hill. Owen Wilson. Yeah. He's, he's adorbs. He, J-Lo's great. Their chemistry was on fire. I loved it. She's playing a 35-year-old. I bought it. Yep. She, yeah. She looks great. Yeah. <laughs> no, no questions I asked. I watched with my nan. We had the best time. It was Aww, so cute. Yeah. And that Marry Me song slaps. Marry Me. Marry Me. Say Marry <laughs> Dude, good song. Good. My mum hated it, but... Um, <laughs> like it's it's like turn off your brain just have a have, have a good time it's just fun it it's makes you fun. love love yeah love, love. yes it's it very nice and uh bachelor joel of 2023 <laughs> joel. is uh primed and ready to implement some of these tips from owen wilson's character and how <laughs> he finds love i've got to go to a concert and hold a marry hold me sign. sign and that's you, you how might just, you might you just find the love of your you, life <laughs> you might just get lucky so yeah, it was just it was just it was just very cute, wasn't it? Yeah, it's what I needed, you know. Yeah, yeah it's a pick me up. Bit of bit of a cute one. Bit of a cute one. <laughs> bit of a sweet one. It was in my top ten of the year for a long time. 
Ooh, actually, I yeah, I dropped out. It did drop out though, but yeah, we're trying not to talk about. We're saving our top tens films for our top ten best episode. of twenty twenty two. We want to appreciate some films that you know we still liked, but maybe a bit underappreciated. This is kind of the second in a trilogy of relax episodes because we had the worst ten yeah. of each Jesse and I's lists. Then this is like the middle like the medium. section, medium, the medium, worst, yeah. There's some best and worst categories. Yep, and then we're gonna go to the top. So we're so sort of, this is like... The, the cream of the crop. The battlefield. The cream For of the sure. crop. <laughs> Should we move on to our second category, Joel? Yes. What is, is it, the Jesse? most overrated film of 2022. Ooh. Now, we've previously done most overrated film of all time. Yeah, this time. is not on this list for me. Oh, this is not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is just for 2022 films. Yes. Now, my most overrated film of the year is uh, Robert Eggers' third effort, The Northman. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said it, Jesse, and I'm glad you've kept it. Now, this film looks great and yep. it's filmed very well. It's competently made. However, the acting is a bit bland and overall it didn't engage me with all the Norse mythology and all the story and the grunting. With no disrespect to anyone, my one sentence for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, I just, I didn't, I you don't like the genre. It was too medieval concept, lore for me. I just wanted to see some good action and there was some decent action. There was some well-filmed, okay action. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't give me the ending I wanted. That's fine. It was just average. I understand if you like it, but personally... I think it was very boring at times. I'm, very I'm boring. I'm with you there, mate. And we and didn't have the best cinema experience no, watching it, it, this the, one The first either. 15 minutes played without picture. <laughs> so um, that might have... I probably would have liked it if that didn't happen. <laughs> I have to speak my experience. And I think that it's been getting like 80, 90%. And I think it's like a 55 for me. Yeah. So yeah. I have to be honest. And The Northman, it doesn't... It's better than The Vivitch. Robert Eggers' first film, but it's got nothing on the lighthouse. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's so. totally fair, Jesse. It's the most overrated film of the year, The Northman. I think, on just on top of that quickly, a lot of people were going into it being like, this is going to be amazing because Robert Eggers has had two yeah, good films. Sure. And I'm, I hadn't, I'd only seen The Lighthouse at this point, but I know you've also have got The Vivitch under your, the witch, your belt the there. The Vivitch. <laughs> um, and so I can understand for you coming into that with two good ones, having a mediocre one's quite, that would be an overrated yeah. if people are loving it and you're just kind of like mid about yeah. it. Well, I'm not going to spend too much time on my most overrated of the year because I did talk about this in my most overrated of all time. Um, I'm talking about our boy Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Any excuse to crap on Baz Luhrmann is appreciated. Yeah, that. one of us will at some point in that podcast. Yep. Um, just quickly, three point plan I've got here. Number one. Baz Luhrmann, everyone loves, well, a lot of people love him. I think he's all right. So that's yeah. just what I have to say about that one. Two, about Elvis. Um, I think because it was made in Australia, a lot of Australians particularly um, are bringing that into the cinema with them and are appreciating it and saying it is much, much better than it actually is. Um, so they're just trying to say it's good because it's theirs. Yes, correct. And number three, I just thought it was just mediocre and people are talking like it's the best Elvis adaptation that, of all time. That, so much that is, so that hard. the word has spread um, to my yaya, uh, who is not in touch a lot with films, um, but she apparently wants to watch this film and she's been told that it's a great Elvis biopic. It's not really. No. And we have to, if we have to be the honest Australians, we yes. will. It's not. It's nah. Stop harping it on. It's more about uh, Colonel Parker or Baker. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> Colonel, Colonel Tom, Tom, Parker Tom Parker and his story. So just go into it with that mindset. 
um, and maybe take a. Um, I don't think Austin Butler should win Best Actor. No, I don't think. He no, should. no, he, he was a good. He should get nominated. Yeah, yeah, but, but he wasn't. Win. He wasn't it fantastic. Yeah. And um, I think it might take something that'll make you a bit to stop the queasiness because the first ten to fifteen minutes will be a bit rough if you're very sensitive to to film. Yeah, for so, sure. So yeah, the most overrated of 2022. That's my mm-hmm. my wrap up for that one. All right. Now we are moving on to the most underrated I'm film. I'm excited for this positive. category. So Joel, what's your most underrated film of the year? Uh, I'm going to take you on my journey with this film. So I'm just watching YouTube, and one of my favourite uh, YouTubers is talking about a list that he is most excited for for 2022. He was going through. He hasn't seen it yet, but. Yep. Um, and he was telling me about this movie called Barbarian. And oh, I was yeah. like, okay. He didn't reveal anything about the plot. He said he's one of his friends who's a film critic got to watch it early. And he said, just go into it. Don't watch the trailer. Don't look anything up. Just go into it. And man, this film was actually like fantastic. Like It was great, yeah. Yeah, I intellectual. Really like it. it took me a while to get what was going on with all the layers and stuff. But once you do, man, there's a lot to take out of it. Uh, Zach Kreger, I thought his direction was fantastic. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of cool great, shots. Great with the little camera. plot twist in the middle. Yes. Yes. I just thought it worked so well. And it, then I watched the trailers, uh, having watched the film afterward. And even in the trailer, it's just like the first half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was very much um, happy with this film. It was kind of... A little bit disturbing in some ways. Oh, for well. sure. But Very it, it's as a horror film, it, it, it got itself over the mark and didn't just rely on jump scares, which I think if you that's can do you that, want. that's what you want and that'll get you a good horror watch. So Absolutely. my most underrated is Barbarian. Go check it out if you're over the age of 15 because anyone underneath Yes, yeah, PSA. Yes, we'll be traumatized. For me, the reason this film was underrated is because it was on my worst 10 anticipated films of the year and I ended up loving it. Oh, no. Uh, it's uncharted. No! Huh? <laughs> Fantastic movie. Talk so much Jesse. fun. Dumb fun. Very self-aware. Tom Holland is jacked. Yeah, he is. He <laughs> looks he's good. A great actor. Yep. Mark Wahlberg didn't hate him in this. So he must have something <laughs> right. And the greatest film character of all time, Chloe. Oh, I love her. No. She was so good. Jesse. She gave this film like two stars. It was just her. Do and I need to put a soundbite of her backstory in this, is this the, episode? Also the second best uh, Antonio Banderas film of the year. Ah, oh, I see where you're going with yeah. that. Yep, yep. His performance was all right as I a like villain, but if you're happy with him, that's yeah, just, good. Just good fun. It doesn't deserve the slander. It's not trying to be amazing. It's just trying to be turn off your brain, have a good time, laugh with your mates, and that's what it was for me. And I was very surprised at how much I liked it and I'm very appreciative of my time. So, the most underrated film of the year is undoubtedly Uncharted. Fair enough. All righty. Well, I will ad- ad- jump onto the good fact fun. that if you're just looking for a good fun movie night, good chuck fun. it on. Whether you like it or not, you'll have some sort you're of... You're not going to be offended. You'll get you something out of it. Something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, moving you, on to best performance. Have you done... Un- oh, you're doing it right. Sorry, yeah. for Barbarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, even though I thought the movie was... Uh, I have to give uh, Florence Pugh for Don't Worry Darling. Oh, that's very fair. That's very she fair. She was fantastic. Prior to this, I'd only seen her in Black Widow, I'm pretty sure, as yeah. Yelena Belova. And upon, in retrospect, later on, this uh, after seeing it, I then watched her in Midsummer. What did you think of Midsummer? Um, <laughs> I didn't give it a review and I will not say anything more about it. Um, that was a tough note for the Broadway podcast. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought that her performance in Don't Worry Darling was fantastic. She conveyed Definitely. the innocence in the first part that she needed to. 
And then when she starts questioning things, she did that really well. Um, having to try not to laugh at Harry Styles. Yeah, in she, his carried, acting. She, she carried. She carried. Oh, dude. She imagine was so imagine good. having to take Harry Styles seriously. Like, she would have she, had to she, act, she, She's the best part of that film. Yeah. yeah, and even in the parts when she's not speaking, she's just using her body and her body language to connect. When the glass is coming up to when, her. When, when are some good times she's using her body in the movie, Joel? What would you say? The best time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Olivia Wilde is very much known for her press for this movie about promoting female pleasure. So that's all I'm going to... What did you... Quick slide of all, What did you think about the Spitgate scenario? What do you mean? Well, apparently... Well, everyone thinks that Harry Styles spat on Chris Pine's oh, That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. It looks like it, but it's, it's probably one happen. of the... If that happened, Chris Pine punched him in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Pine has come out and said that he didn't. It's fine. I think yeah, it's just one of those things if you look too that's hard. That's so stupid this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so all the drama aside, I was think... was more interesting than the film. This is not a bad film. Not a bad film. It's just... Like, yeah, it's not, like, amazing. Yeah. It's not uh, as good as Booksmart, her first film. You reckon? No. Her mm. first film is very good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, Florence Pugh, I have to give her a huge recommendation uh, just based on her performance in this movie. And I think even after the plot twist later on, that was kind of crap. Um, <laughs> she still does well in it. And yeah, I think sure. I just love watching her with other actors. I love watching her. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny to watch her interact with Olivia Wilde yeah. <laughs> as well. But yeah, so Florence Pugh. She's a great uh, Puss in Boots too. Yeah. I didn't realize that was her. How? I don't know. It sounded then, like her. Yeah, I just was. Sh- I was shocked. I was like, "Go for it." You're my pet. <laughs> All right. So for me, my best performance is Paul Dano in the Batman. As the rhythm. <gasps> this is my probably second or third Blown reference. away yeah. by how good he was. Because I'd always... I, I've always loved Bordano as an actor. Like from this to Prisoners, which I later watched. Little Miss Sunshine. I just think he's so... His um, his style is so unique. But for him to play a villain, I was a little skeptical. Because he usually plays like... If Michael Cera was a, a good actor, it would be Paul Dano. Yep, That's gotcha. how I would describe him. Gotcha. But he was menacing. Yeah, he And was, he like he terrified was. me he with was. that little monologue against Robert. Patterson in the cell I was like I'm impressed like this is it's not quite good as Heath Ledger's Joker but it's the best thing that's come close yeah in terms of Batman villains so yep, I was blown totally. away with how good he was my favourite part of the film the Batman was Paul Dano's performance Ave Maria <laughs> <laughs> that was in West Side Story <laughs> alright so yeah best performance Paul Dano and the Batman very nice Just, I low-key forgot about that until you <laughs> mentioned it but I remember I looking back I'm really very impressed with this performance. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you put that in there. What's our next category? The worst performance. Oh, this is easy for me. Can I take this one off to the start? All right, all right, sure. The Rock in Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to see it. Oh, I never, I never, I, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. Can <laughs> I just tell you a quick story, Jesse? You can. The Rock spends 15 years trying to get this film released. Oh, jeez. Then he brings Henry Cavill back for Black Adam. Then James Gunn and Peter Safran take over DC. Yeah, James Gunn. <laughs> Get rid of both of them. <laughs> he did. He did. The Rock is the last we're hearing of Henry Cavill today in my selections, but The Rock deserves it, man. Like for him to go on Twitter and say, "Oh, we made as much money as uh, Captain America: The First Avenger." Did he actually? Yeah. So oh we didn't fail. One, you're you're fluffing your numbers because it it didn't make its budget, or it it didn't make profit. Including yeah, yeah, marketing. yeah, yeah. Two. Captain Winter Soldier was probably half your budget and came out... Winter Soldier or First Avenger? F- First Avenger, First sorry. Avenger. Came, was half your budget and came out 10 years ago. What about the inflation? Yep. 
Yep. Ridiculous. Come so on, Dwayne. <laughs> any respect I had for The Rock is eliminated. I don't. He's, he's like he's on par with Kevin Hart for me now. Oof, that's a rough. Between call. those comments and the entire entirety of Hobson Shaw, I'm disliking him more than more. <laughs> if not for the first Jumanji film, I would I would really not, oh, not like man. The Rock. So yeah, fair enough, Jesse. I just want to quickly say for- his performance is again. You just pull him out of Jumanji or Hobson Shaw, put him in a buff Black Adam physique. And there he is. If, if The Rock dies in a film, I will respect him again. Yeah. But he'll never die in a film. No, nah, never. You know what? Would. I'm getting my next category in, in like, The Rock. Although, Jesse, <clears> you <throat> would like Black Adam. Because he, like, is kind of put into stasis. <sighs> and then he, like, nearly drowns. And then he comes out of it. <laughs> so he doesn't actually die. He gets close. Apparently he's worse than normal. He doesn't, he's not charismatic at no. all. No. Yeah. <laughs> but he's trying to be funny, so it doesn't work. Yeah. All right, before I start in the next category, I just want to do a quick shout-out to Zoa Energy right now. The the best of the best. Thank you to Marna Tequila. All right, let's go. Worst performance, Chris Hemsworth and Spiderhead. Really? Yep, the crap. What? (laughs) I thought he was that movie That movie was so... There were some great parts. I think my audio is kind of scuffed, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) After my Zoa Energy, that movie was good in parts and terrible in parts. He was he, he was sucked in it. I'm sorry. He was like, all right, so uh, just going to press this button and see if you guys turn up to fire. <laughs> pill Chris, Chris was trying to be charismatic yeah, yeah. As in an American Mal- accent. It doesn't help that Miles Teller was a really good actor and was making him look bad. <laughs> I don't hate this movie. I just like it amuses how Chris Hemsworth can only do one role and that is Thor. He is, he's a one role actor and that's fine because I like Thor, but yeah. just stop trying shit. Oh, I just got to cut that out. We'll have to <laughs> pick that out. Yeah, we've got a couple of edits to do. <laughs> yeah, we, as we get the negative topics, people, we start swearing more and we will cut them out. Yes, we promise. We but, promise. Um, we let it slip in our glass onion review, yep. but we can go with it. In well, you let it slip in I did, <laughs> yes. But that's part of the plot of the film. So I was just quoting the film, you yeah, could it's say. Just, it's, it, it's a bit stupid, really. Um Spider-Head, which is a shame because Top Gun Maverick director. Yeah. That was was a great film. It was his side project. Like, it's like he treated it as a side project, which is kind of sad. I think Chris needs to pick his roles a bit more carefully. I just saw right through his whole act as the villain. He doesn't do villains. No. Well. No. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough, Jesse. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) What is the next category then, bud? The next category is the middest movie. Ah. The movie that was so mid, the amount of good things completely... Outweigh no, no, completely line up with the amount of bad things, just so mid. And for me, that was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Ooh, that was a blow. All there right. was some great scenes, the music fight scene, the costume change early on, but then we had the freaking bringing back what were they called? The like the Patrick Stewart and ah, oh, the Kursky. Illuminati, Illuminati, and killing them instantly. That was terrible. Nah, best sequence of the that movie. hundred percent handled terribly. I was so excited for no reason. I thought the direction in Wanda was not great. Like You weren't a fan? Are we going to see her again? Like, <laughs> Who knows? That's up to I don't, I don't appreciate Noel. you making her the villain when before this film I liked her more than Stephen Strange. It made me hard to go inside with, to be on Stephen's side because you can't just make a character a villain when they've been a much-loved hero for so long. It's yeah. it's hard to adjust. You can't, okay. just, you can't just do it, you know. WandaVision didn't make her a villain for me, so... I just hate how they're using the TV show this canon now because I just don't care about the TV Kevin shows. Feige wants to make a profit. Yeah. Kevin so, yeah, Feige. that was just like, it's this standard Marvel, like, standard Phase 4 Marvel, a bit lower than, it, like, about just average, like, another superhero film. Did I really need to watch it? 
No, I could have just looked up what happened. Oh, and continue with the MCU. So it's the worst Phase Four film of the year for me. Ooh, yeah. oh, Jesse, that that struck an arrow to the heart with that one. You Can disagree? I do do disagree? But I'm going to go to the other side of the superhero coin and say that DC League of Super Pets <laughs> is the middest movie that I watched in 2022. Was it better than Black Adam? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was just mid. Like, I literally gave it a 50. Um, I said my review was, I don't know what this would be, to be honest. Yep. It's very much for young kids. But aside from that, it's insane and incorrect to believe that a super-powered hamster can defeat the Justice League. <laughs> also, The Rock still manages to get his moments where he can show his inner vulnerability. So, I was entertained to some degree in watching it. Um, but at the same time, I was left with a lot of questions going, what? So Why sure, is this so happening? Sure. It's such a kids' movie. I mean, I already struggle to get to kids' movies as it is. So, you really, I thought this would be a bit more mature, a bit more like Secret Life of Pets. It was, but they just took all the bad stuff out of that and put it in here. So I was really disappointed with this. I just thought it was a bit mid. Um, could have been better with better focus. That's what I'd probably have to say with that one. Um, it's a good family movie night one to watch. And I did say, go take them in the cinemas for the school holidays because that's when it was out. So it's one of those movies, cheap, takeaway. You know it's not really good for you, but it'll be fun to consume. So <laughs> go ahead and do it. Um, Fair enough, mate. Yeah, DC League of Super Pets. Fair enough. I, I agree. It's just yeah, just fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing much to say to yeah. more to be honest. It's just kind of mid. It just happened. You know. Just happened and gone. I'll give it's you a DC Super Pets or Minions: The Rise of Gru. Oh, Minions: Rise of Gru. I'm saying Minions too, but only just like that was. It was still pretty average for me. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So next up, we have most visually pleasing. I'm glad we have this topic. I'm going to go with Jordan Peele's Nope for me. Really? That was my favourite part of the movie, the visuals. Okay. The IMAX lenses, the huge background shots where you could see so far. Yep. And taking into account the landscape wasn't very visually pleasing, but the shooting of it was. Yeah. It was a pretty like average, like there wasn't like a huge spectacle or anything, but I just think that the use of the IMAX cameras was Nope's greatest strength. Yep, yeah. So, um, IMAX cameras and yeah. sound, wasn't it? They used Dolby Atmos yeah. as well. Yeah. So that whole spec- that was great. So I'm saying that's highlighted nope. It's it, it, it I liked it fine. I, I really I quite liked it, but I didn't love it, but I wanted to mention it because I still think it's like a, an accomplishment of the year. I'm really happy how so, we've done this topic cuz yeah. my one I know is a bit higher for you, so you're not going to mention it here, but I'm going to say Avatar: The Way of Water. It's my most visually pleasing of very the year. Very fair, very fair. Um, I thought, go go and watch this now. Oh, yeah. While it's playing Cin- in cinemas. Cin- cinemas or nothing. Go and watch it. 3D or nothing. 3D or nothing. 3D or exactly. nothing. Exactly. Yep. I didn't realise the 3D technology had advanced so much. So much so that it's not popping out of the screen at you. It's more bringing you in to the world of the yeah. film. It's not jarring. It's, it's pushing quite... the background back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought, I, I could have... People have... Uh, critiquing this movie saying that a lot of it is just them exploring the water and exploring the world give me more of that honestly like i was not bored at all when they go to the water kingdom that was great i thought that was fantastic that was very great. um and just seeing them underwater and you can tell james cameron's put a lot of craft 
into how he's making it look like he always does. Um, and especially, as you probably know, my thoughts on the first Avatar. Yeah, sure. Uh, it was one-upped one upped by so this recovery. one. Yeah, so I, I really... I could have watched more of those scenes, honestly. Oh, yeah. Just it was kind of like a documentary, but I was on board with it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, it's a good, good film. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see... Because this, obviously, is James Cameron setting the bar again. So I'm excited yeah. to see... I don't care about the Avatar 3, I'll be honest. No. no. Or 4 to 7. I, I, you know, six. I'm really excited for, but <laughs> none of the rest. But six is gonna be great. <laughs> All right, we'll see how we go. Got to feel it. <laughs> All righty. Uh, moving on to the wackiest plot contrivance. All right. In a bad way. What have you got? Now, Jesse? I'm. I like this film, so that's why I feel a bit confident talking about it. Okay. So Michael Bay released a film that you called Ambulance. Right. Okay. Have you seen it, Joel? I was going to, and then I ended up watching it. We oh, watched Wog so Boys instead. <laughs> It's very fun. It's 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 been it's like a great action film, good fun, but a bit better than Uncharted. Close to my top ten, but not quite. Number like 13, 14 Okay. For the year. Um. So they're driving an ambulance, and the whole SWAT team's after them, and they're driving to this warehouse because they need to get away. And the enemy, the enemy, but the police, about forty-five seconds behind them, and so they spray paint the ambulance green. <laughs> And then drive past the police who are parked outside, and the police don't notice them because the ambulance is green now. What was it meant to be? Like a, just a, a donut truck or something? No, because it was an ambulance, and oh. they knew what it looked like. So then they went in the warehouse and painted it green. Oh, so it's just a normal. It's still an ambulance. But yeah, it it's the same look. ambulance, oh, but they painted it green. Oh, and then the, the guys stopped, stopped outside, and they're like, is anyone in here? And then the green ambulance drives past. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, that's not the same ambulance because it's green. And they get away. And so, yeah, the plot is a bit stupid in in that film, but ultimately I was having so much fun, I didn't care. Okay. But I had to bring it up and I didn't want to like just crap on a film that was already bad, you know? Yeah, so. no, fair enough. So the painting the ambulance green and getting away with it in Michael Bay's ambulance. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, well, this one originally started under the topic of um, wackiest plot twist, so I've kind of kept it in if you don't mind, but it's still a plot contrivance. Anyway. No, no, fair enough. Yeah, um, a contrivance is a sub-thing of a twist. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about second, in its second Bromax Award. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> don't worry, darling. <laughs> because the I whole just, film. Just <laughs> want to unpack that a little more. The twist, spoiler alert, should I spoil it? Yeah, oh, spoil yeah. It, Is that it is not some experimental nuke town or literally anything else that it could have been out of twilight zone and it is a simulation <laughs> yeah and it- which i don't have a problem with the only thing i didn't like is why wouldn't you tell the females about it yeah it seems great and they don't have to work like i get if you want to work that's fine yeah but it's like it's luxury like and like, why I think they want to both would, go in it together. Me too. So me too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't understand why it has. It didn't to be do a good enough job of saying the world was bad. Like they tried to do that, but not very well no, by showing how I, I would. Colourful. I would want to live there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think the the way that, and even as well, like, just seeing Harry Styles with that bad wig on or whatever he was going on with his hair. No, that wasn't a wig. That's his hair. Oh, okay. It looked terrible. <laughs> and him having to like drug Florence Pugh to put her in the bed to put her um, asleep. He didn't, um, he didn't rape her. That sounds wrong. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he just put her in the, 
the simulation and then, you know, put them in. I just thought that didn't work for me. It was a bit wacky. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, to be honest. I thought it might have been something like... Um, we did have our hopes pretty high, though. So. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, there's the a couple of Twilight Zone episodes I'd just like to quickly shout out. One of them where the people get shrunk and taken to a child's play set. I thought it could have been something like that, okay. of wackiness. Yeah. Or um, another one as well where it's... Basically like a bit Truman show us like a film production and she's got amnesia or something. With yeah. those big expectations, when it comes down to a, a simulation, I was a little bit disappointed with okay. that one. But yeah. Sure. yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, moving on, Jesse, the best story. Best story. You want to kick us off? We'll kick us off. I thought that Puss in Boots, Colin, <laughs> The Last Wish, was the best story of 2022 for me. I thought had great messages of teamwork. Um yeah. And you would have Humility. already heard our review by now. So you yes. Know, yep. That. You've heard yeah. what we've said about it. Um, I just thought it was, it, it, especially watching this with my younger brother and my bubba as well. Yeah. Um, I thought it was nice to watch it because that's a wide spectrum of ages there. Oh, for sure. It's um, a cartoon movie great for adults. Yeah, exactly. Um, it has a lot of homages to Zorro, which the older audience can get a lot of. I'm not too familiar yeah. with it, but that's what I've been told to include. Um, Puss in um, Boots. Puss in Boots. Puss in um, Boots. And yeah, I just thought the way that he learns, the whole point is a quest to find a thing, but then he realizes that he doesn't need the MacGuffin and he yeah. ends up not using it and he just sure. changes his personality yeah, I watched this with my little cousin as well it's a good, good yeah, it's a well, good, not that little they're younger than good, good, good boxing day film good, yeah, good I must boxing say day film. yeah, yeah. and uh, what was my favourite quote it was like you guys are such jerks which is really because like, it's his past lives oh like, yeah which is really conflicting for me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. when he's in the scene with the cave and the yeah. mirrors yeah yeah I should have got him wuss in books <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Banderas is a funny guy, man. He, he's, I love him more from this film now. Like, I already liked him, but I thought, damn, I forgot how good he was as Puss in Boots. So. Yeah, you got to watch Desperado. I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> All right. How about you, Jesse? I'm going to go with Hustle, the Adam Sandler film. Tell me more. I'm not so familiar. So, this is, Adam Sandler is, was the assistant coach of the Phillies, but then the CEO, Robert Duvall, dies, and he, there's no written record of him being appointed this new role. So he goes out of his way to recruit because he, he's a recruiter for teams. <clears throat> he recruits this Brazilian player named Bo Cruz, and like he's got no money and he has to try and recruit him. And it's just like a feel-good underdog story of will this guy make it to the NBA and will Adam Sandler because he's like paying for him to stay here. Will he, his family because there's some tension with his family. Will his family be able to get through this change to help in order to help this man because he's like Bo Cruz is poor, got to support his family and his sick mom. And you really just get behind Adam Sandler and Bo Cruz, the character in this one, and it's just it's it, it's a good film. It's not amazing, but I I their buddy relationship really carries you through it. And the ending is it's not perfect for either it's not perfect for Adam Sandler, but it's good for Bo Cruz. It's like I, I mean it's a good ending for both of them, but it's not like a fairy tale ending. It's like these characters have deserved this ending. They're not being given anything. Yeah. Okay. Good characterization. Yeah. On so that part. look. Following up from Uncut Gems and Hubie Halloween, this is a good in-between. In okay. In between. okay. So, it's very solid. I would recommend. Really engaging. Hustle. And yeah, it was Yeah, it was just... It was a bit Adam sandler at times, but it, it's it, it's nothing I'd, nothing more. I didn't expect anything more, so... 
The story had you there, it's Jesse. Great. The it's story a really good story. Oh, a good. really good story. So yeah, hustle for me. I wanted to give that a mention. I thought okay, it was worth Because Adam Sandler gets bad rap. He's a good yeah. actor. <laughs> well, I think we've given I him the bad rap a couple of times Jones, ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. We're going to go to best female-directed film yep. of the year. Would you like to kick I'm this I'm going to go for Jennifer Caton Robinson. Now, there may be one of my top ten for the year. Okay. So this is the next one. Okay. Jennifer Caton Robinson's Do Revenge. <gasps> starring Camila Mendez, Maya Hawke, Austin Abrams, Jonathan Davis, the guy from Miss Marvel, and Sarah Michelle Geller yep. as the principal. Oh. This is the best Netflix team film I've seen. I was so surprised. I'll second you on seven that. Seven and I a think. half out of ten. Yep. Fantastic. I was like, this is great. It's self aware. So it's it's deliberately parroting a bunch of eighties and nineties teen movies that I love. And it's being very woke and commenting on things in the world, like when they talk about the white production of Hamilton. It's very funny. And it's just really... The characters, it's not like... They don't have to censor it, so it's like the characters being real because it's, it's M.A. Yeah, yeah. Which is like... I'm not saying it's better because it's M.A. I'm just like... it's more. It feels, the dialogue feels more natural. Yeah, to what 100%. what teens would actually say. Yes. I yeah. love the costume designs. The uniforms are amazing. The whole vibe of the film is it's just, fantastic. It's just a beautiful film. I think it's a great effort. I think it's a directorial debut at Jennifer Caitlin Robinson. Oh, I think awesome. it's great. I was just taken back at how good a Netflix teen film could be. Yeah. <laughs> and the ending's a little cliche, but it, like... You expect that. And Austin Abrams is great as the, the antagonist. And I just thought it was so much fun. It kind of like Strangers on a Train, the Hitchcock movie, but modernized a bit. Right. You do each other's revenge. Yep. Very yep. cool concept. And the little twist about halfway through Maya Hawk was interesting. And I appreciate that they went into yes. direction. Yes. Her performance was yeah. amazing. And I, I, just, I just loved it, man. I watched this again. Yeah. Yeah, it me fabulous. too. It's, it's got good rewatchability, I yeah, have to say. Definitely. Like, and even it. with... It's got someone from every big Netflix show in it. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the, cli- the clash person. of the titans. It's like Avengers United. Endgame for Netflix. Let's go, bring <laughs> them together. <laughs> yeah, great, really great. You could probably watch it a couple times and get more stuff out of it because yeah, it sure. uses like timelines and things like that. Not in the way that I would usually do it, but no. you could look at the nuances in people's performances and then see that payoff later. Ah, yeah. oh, no, forgot about that one. Really Jesse, that's it. a good, really good, good it, shout. So yeah. So you have to do revenge. Very nice. Well, I'm going to, um, for my best female directed film, give it to Domi Shi for Turning Red. Oh, good choice. I really love this film. I thought that the diversity and different elements that they have injected in it um, was just fantastic. Like It felt like a more mature story, um, something that, you know, I could relate to in some way or another, even... um, you know, just the way of going through high school and those sort of messages and stuff. Um, it flew by. Like, this film yeah, flew by and it had me singing, Nobody Like Never You. Oh, my, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Such a bad one. Um, but my Spotify rap is like, just turning around. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it... I mean, did it win an award or has it been nominated? Well... It's been nominated. F- I think it'll be nominated for best animated feature, but yeah. I, feel like, I don't know if it'll win. Mm. It's hard to tell. I, c- I, I can I see hope, this being I nominated. Hope a certain film wins that I would talk about in my top ten. Okay, okay. But yeah, I don't. Th- I think. I think Turning Red could be a good shout. Teases yeah. a little bit there, Jesse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Turning Red, and the fact is, it's gone straight to streaming, which means that you can just watch it in you the comfort of your own home. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, and it's good, especially if you have like a young daughter or you are. Ages, it's like Pixar branching out, and I think yeah. it's really good. That yeah, are. not only like like you said, it's it's good for you know teenagers in general. If you have a young daughter, if you are 
a young daughter, if you are, you know, from an Asian background, it if brings it all together. Parents, like grandparents, like, and it covers all bases, really. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I loved it. All and right, the wh- fact that four town have five people is the funniest Gen Z. I know. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. it's one of Pixar's better films. That's 100%. Like, yeah, really good. 100%. Yeah. All right, well, I'll shuffle us along now to the scariest film. You've of already mentioned it. It's barbarian for me. Ooh. Yeah, I was just. It was not like jump scary, but it was like disturbing and yep. harrowing. And I was like, oh, damn. I don't, I'm cra-. It was helped by the person sitting next to me who was squealing, jumping out of his chair, not mentioning any names. Who's that? It's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I was going to say, hang on a second. But yeah, I was very impressed with the twists and the creepiness of it all. And ultimately, if I'm scared in a horror film, they've done something right. Yeah. So, yeah. full credit to Barbarian. It's done very well. Good on you, Jesse. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say... My n- second favorite horror movie of the year. Your second favorite? Yeah. I'm not going to say my number okay. one. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're teasing us a little bit here. Stay tuned for Jesse's uh, top 10 of the year, everyone. Yeah. Now, Jesse might slam me a little bit for putting this one, but I thought, because I've already said Barbarian, I'm going to say this one. That's fair. Um, but I also did watch this one with Jesse and we're still squirming as well, even though it wasn't... It wasn't wasn't scary in its supernatural themes, but it was scary in its realism. And I'm talking about the black phone. Oh, come on. Because I think that... That wasn't scary. For young kids, that is a very much big fear of... You oh, know, for sure. And I think that can be scary in its own way. Yeah. And seeing as a teenager, seeing that... I feel like Ethan Hawke is just funny in it, though. Funny? I was just laughing. Was oh, There's no. like one scary bit where we like... Puts the axe through his brother and something. Yeah. I, I just thought it was a bit underwhelming. A bit me. underwhelming? I, I understand how you think it's scary as a non-horror watcher. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not big into... I watch a lot more horror movies. Jesse's more, yeah, more so. horror. I'm very selective with my horror. Yeah. Um, and I think for people... I think this is a good scary film in that the way... If you're not usually into horror, you could still watch it and be scared if you're not desensitized to the genre. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to, no, trying sense, to get at here. I, um, I was very surprised by Ethan Hawke's performance, actually. Right. Kind of liked him. Yeah. <laughs> 2022 was the year of Ethan Hawke dying in movies. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our last category. Oh, we've spent through 12 this. 12 categories. We've got our most irritating film character. <laughs> ah, yes. Now, I'm excited now, to see what you've got for this because you teased me a little bit before we started recording. Continuing the Henry Cavill slander. Oh, no. We're going for Sherlock Holmes and Noel Holmes 2. Oh, tell me more, Jesse. this is so phoned in. Okay. Uh, first I want to say, Millie Bobby Brown is becoming quite the comic actor, I think. You reckon? Have you seen it? No. So she would find out things with the mystery and then just like squirm like, ah, like I got it. <laughs> and it's just so wholesome and you're like, you'll really get behind her. I yeah. think she's becoming a really good actress, Millie Bobby Brown. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm s- supporting her, looking forward to seeing her and more things. But G. Henry Cavill's like just walks through this movie like... <laughs> It's like, I've got to figure out, oh, what am I going to figure out? Oh, I've got to do this. Like, you, if you're taking rid of Sam Clefin and replacing him with more Henry Cavill, you've got to make it good. And it, he's just so one-note and boring. And I get it. He's supposed to be sidelined to make Millie Bobby Brown the prominent part. But there's so much of Henry Cavill in it. There's like nearly triple more than the last film. In the second one? Yeah. There's more of him. There's so much Henry Cavill. And I'm like, this, the, and he's just, the B plot is just him trying to figure out a different case that's not related to Millie Bobby Brown's. Oh. And like, it's already two hours ten. So let's just cut that out and just make it about Millie. Yeah. Because that's why you're watching. I'm watching you for Millie. I'm not watching you for Henry Cavill. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Yeah. I, I want to credit Millie Bobby Brown, her production team, her and her sister produced it, and just the message that it's in 
I'm not going to spoil it because I think it's good. To, I didn't love it, but it's a good one to watch. I yeah. wanted to watch it, but I thought it's I should not probably as watch as, the It's first not quite one. as good as the first one. Okay. okay. Not quite. But the, the message and, con- and message is very good. Like, it needs to be. Okay. And can you kind can of you... based off a true story as well. Ooh. That's a shocking development. It's like for it goes Anna. halfway and half out, like, to a true story. Okay. And it's like, that, that, that's the best true story of Samit. You can, like, just do it from a, just say this other character was here and just yeah. do the same story. Yes, I love that sort of stuff. So I think it's an important film that needs to be watched. It's a, it's it's just too padded with Henry in the B plot. <laughs> it's just Henry Cavill. I don't like Henry Cavill. I'm sorry. No, I'm, <laughs> that's, we, we know, Jesse. It, it's too padded with things, with other things. Um, Take the the main out. the main message and Millie's performance are great. So. Okay. Enola Holmes 2 was a good film, but Henry Cavill's performance was tedious. Could you see Enola getting a third film to I close could. out a trilogy? I okay. could. Okay. Good. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna have to watch these before that. I like. I give this like a six and a half, and the first one a seven. So okay. Very consistently good so far. Okay. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Very nice. Ooh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, the last category, uh, the most irritating character for me, was uh, Jason Siegel in Windfall. Oh, okay. He was the dumbest criminal <laughs> I have. This is this the Jesse Plemons movie? Yep. Yeah. He's the dumbest criminal I have ever seen in cinema. He breaks into. Did you watch Poker Face? <laughs> no, you can uh, <laughs> I just thought his character didn't. It was probably meant to be like this. For sure. But his character didn't. Was not menacing the whole time. Okay. And he's meant to be holding them hostage the whole movie, this couple. Yeah. Who are staying in Jesse Plemons' house, I think. Or it's, no, it's their house. Oh, I, wonder, I forgot what role Jesse Plemons has in the movie. Oh, it was just, just aren't average sort of film. They're a couple, and then Jesse Plemons is the other character. Yeah, but there's the also Jason Segel, who's the robber. Yeah. I think... Oh. Ah, there's there's some connection there. But he's meant to be robbing this mansion and for some reason the couple are there. I think the couple have like broken into the house and estate. Okay, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, he's meant to be holding them hostage the whole movie. Yeah. And then he ends up growing to like them. <laughs> and then he's just not... He's just holding a gun at them. But you can see he's just not like... You don't feel the intensity in his performance at all. Yeah, right. Um... And then you get to the end. It's a twist. I'm not going to explain it, but he meets his demise and you don't care. You don't go, woo, the robber's been defeated. You go, okay. Like, he, he just irritated me the way he was written and the way he played the character. I yeah, thought it was, sounds like it. Yeah, it, it frustrated me. So, my most irritating character goes to uh, the robber or the criminal in Windfall. The shame, by Jason Segel. Um, Jason Segal provides the voice of the greatest villain of all time. Who? Vector. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a know. Shame that he's come to this. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was quite a fun little episode. That was good. The Bromax it. Awards. I like to think we covered a wide range of films there. Yes, yes, and the award recognition is going to keep coming because I'm sure we're going to find some way to talk about the Oscars. Whether yeah, we do it as a full episode this time. again, <laughs> much shorter, <laughs> much. Um, or even we sprinkle it in through a couple just, of episodes. We could do like an Oscars-themed ranking. Yeah. Just put it at the start of it, like the best 10, the yeah. worst 10, the worst 10 nominated films for Best Picture, maybe. Like yes. Yeah. Crap on some films. Yeah. Or we can do even little segments at the end that continue in its own sort of series, but that for seems sure. too complicated. So we'll see how we go. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for joining us for the Bromax Film Awards for 2022. Um, we hope we've covered a wide range of films and inspired you to watch, you know, one or two or whatever tickles your fancy. Yeah. Um, and we're looking forward to to 2023 see what it's got to bring there's some crappy january movies we need to get past first but apart from that should be really good yeah all righty well 
My name's Joel. I'm Jesse. And we'll catch you in the next one. See you later. Peace.